You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Unfortunately, Maurice and Susie cannot join us today, but we do have very special guests joining us. It's Mike from Count Creepyhead. And Sam from Western New York Horror Crew and Jerry's Closet. Thank you guys for joining me. And uh, Mike, we're here for a very special reason. It's uh, your birthday. That's Woo-hoo. right. Happy birthday, sir. <laughs> uh, is, is 43 a milestone for anything? Um, Is there any gimmicks or anything? Yeah, you got to pick a really weird movie. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah. And you're alive. Congratulations. You you leveled up. You escaped death once more. (laughs) (laughs) Every year after 40 is just leveling up. You're lucky. Congratulations. (laughs) Death didn't get you. Like I said, that's how I I celebrate. I'm like, yay, I beat death again. So, but Mike, why don't you tell us what movie you decided to pick for your birthday special? I picked The Prophecy. No, not that prophecy. The other prophecy movie. So you're probably (laughs) thinking, oh man, that awesome movie with Christopher Walken. No, sorry. This is the movie with Man Bear Pig. (laughs) Yes, it is. And not just Man Bear Pig, but we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, but as you said, it's a prophecy, uh, came out in 1979. It was an hour and 42 minutes directed by John Frankenheimer, who we would know from Bird- Birdman of Alcatraz, the Manchurian candidate, Black Sunday, uh, Tales from the Crypt, Maniac at Large, which is a really fun one about a very paranoid librarian. Um, the Island of Dr. Moreau, Ronin and Reindeer Games. Um, I'm going to go through the cast really quick because I only wrote down the main players. Uh, but we have Maggie, played by Talia Shire, who we would know from the Dunwich Horror, the Godfather movies, uh, the Rocky films, and the Deported. Adrian! Uh, <laughs> Adrian! Uh, we have Rob, played by Robert Foxworth. Uh, he was in Men at Law, Airport 77, Damien, The Omen 2, Murder, She Wrote, so we got one, and the Transformers movies. He did, I believe, the voice for Wheeljack. Um, oh. And then we have John Hawks, played by Armand Asante. He was in The Doctors, Private Benjamin, The Mambo Kings, Judge Dredd, Fatal Instinct, ER, and NCIS. Then we have Isley, played by Richard Dysart, who, of course, we would know over here from The Thing. Um, Gets his his arms chopped off. But uh, he's also in The Mask, uh, Pell Rider, Back to the Future 3, L.A. Law, and the Spawn TV show, where he did the voice for Cogliostro. You know what's funny is he looks exactly the same in this and The Thing. He really does. He's yeah. got that that wild hair and everything. That he even has, has like crazy mutton chops. He even has his uh, you know, his red flannel top on that he was wearing in the thing. Pretty much. <laughs> and then finally we have Ramona played by Victoria Racimo. She was in Logan's Run, Eight is Enough, Fantasy Island, Falcon Crest, and Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. Yep, she was the the friend of Ernest. <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks about this flick. Mike, it's your birthday. You picked the movie. You tell us why you chose this film. 
<laughs> okay. Um, I love this movie blindly. And it is wrong on so many fucking levels. It, I mean, it, it's a, a Frankenheimer movie, which is ridiculous when you, you have to say that out loud. And you're like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> is it Fra- or Bruckenheimer? Uh, Frankenheimer. Frankenheimer. Um, it's a million different things kind of mashed together, and you don't realize it because there's a gigantic, half melted mutated grizzly bear ripping people to pieces but there's like it's warning you about like ecological disaster uh it's got stuff to say about abortion rights it's got stuff to say about uh the first peoples (laughs) it's got like bad relationship advice and it's all done through like this lens of like the white man who doesn't get it it's it's definitely very much the white savior movie. It it is literally, and mm-hmm. uh, when it's all said done, none of it matters. No, that's that's my main beef with the movie. That fucking ending. Like <laughs> jack shit is solved. Mm-hmm. Not a damn thing. Um, but I don't care about that because I just love the the Coldotten, the Katadin. Uh, <laughs> The Katahdin, the uh, Terra Katahdin, Coffin <laughs> Dreams. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of it's ridiculous. It's stupid, and it's one of my favorite movie monsters of all time. Because mm-hmm. um, it just fucks everything up, hilariously. I mean, it's like a kaiju. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. very much like a kaiju. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would. If I had to bet money on like the Katahdin or Godzilla, I'm going on Katahdin. <laughs> Katahdin's gonna fuck up Godzilla. Because I mean, it like bats people like baseballs, and it's just fucking funny. I oh love it. Oh my god, that mm, we'll get to it. But oh my god, best death scene in a movie. It's um, oh my god. Oh, <laughs> that poor kid. <laughs> Okay, you know, let's just say it here. There's there is a scene I was ready to say Jason Voorhees has the best sleeping bag death of all time. <laughs> no. But I have to give no. it to Katadin because yes. holy shit, <laughs> like the same thing written down. <laughs> I legitimately oh forgot about this scene, which is crazy because I've seen the clip of it passed around the internet so many times. But like as soon as the kid starts hopping in the sleeping bag, I'm like, oh, this is the scene. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> he gets fucking smacked and explodes into a shower of right. feathers. Let let me for no uh theater nope. of the mind because Strasbourg loves it so much. He's like, you know, it's like I was watching the movie. There's a scene, and we'll explain what the katadin is eventually here. But there's a monster in the woods, and there's a father with his two kids, and they're camping in said woods. They're they're on like a three day bike pack backpack, whatever. It makes no reason or sense why they're out there. Mm-hmm. They get attacked by the monster. There's this kid that's in a sleeping bag zipped all the way up to his face, which, again, I don't get it. But he gets up and tries to hop away like a potato sack race, and the monster <laughs> smacks him so hard that he launches, like, 50 feet and then slams into a tree trunk and explodes. <laughs> it's the best. Dude, I laughed 
so damn hard. I was watching this at work last night in pieces because I had already watched it once before and I was just making my notes. But like when I got to that scene, I couldn't stop laughing to write my notes down. I had to keep pausing the movie because it was just that image of him exploding kept replaying in my in my mind's eye. It's definitely one of those movies you're watching it and you're like, what? What? But then when it goes, it goes hard. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? I love it for that. It's so damn bizarre. I I had written down better than Jason Kill minus the blood because they had to keep the PG rating. Right. Oh, God. You know, (laughs) the blood is still, man, this movie pushes PG. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Towards the end there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's only a little bit of blood shown, but uh, there's some great deaths. (laughs) There's a couple really good deaths. But Sam, we'll toss it over to you. What are your thoughts on this movie? So now anytime I'm looking for something, I'm just going to like text Mike and be like, all right, what do you recommend? Because the underlining social commentary in this was amazing and totally like made it like it was so good up until like the last 20 minutes for that aspect of it. Looking at it from that side. Yeah, and no, it's I totally not agree. man, bear, pig. It's girl, bear, pig. Okay, it's that's mommy true. bear. It's it's mama man bear pig. That's yes. what I I kept writing mama man bear pig. <laughs> well, actually, and man bear pig is at the end. What was that? What that was supposed to be? I don't know what it was actually. I like, thought maybe, it was one of them. Maybe Guar was in town. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't understand what we saw at the end, but. So, Sam, I'm going to say, I'm going to take it, you you liked this movie then, huh? Yeah, yeah, I really did like it. It was very entertaining. Was this the first time you'd seen it? Yes. Oh, man, okay. So, and The the Pit was the first time you saw that one, too, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. I'm saying it. I gotta ask Mike. I I, I think we need to to keep having Sam on, Mike, when we decide to do these weird fucking movies. Yeah, Uh, Um, it's (laughs) Sam. No no promises. Because... (laughs) I, I, I have blind spots for shit. Um, <laughs> so you may be like, you know, I need something with like some deep social commentary. Then I recommend ghoulies go to college. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure we could find some in there. We really look deep. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. We got to really the, get in there. <laughs> we, we covered the first ghoulies. It wasn't that deep. This is about as deep as a kiddie pool. <laughs> it's just not much to it. In a way, though, Ghoulies felt like. Yeah, I agree. It felt like Ghoulies had a connection to this movie, considering the baby man bear pigs. Oh god, yeah. they they looked like Ghoulies. They did. <laughs> Best hand puppets ever. <laughs> but you know, I I gotta say now, I I had I thought I had seen this whole movie. Apparently, I did not see the entire movie all the way through. I seen parts of it when I was younger. I remember watching this with my dad, at least pieces of it. I don't know what the hell I was doing. I was probably playing with toys or reading comic books or something and half paying attention. Because certain parts, I'm like, yeah, I've seen this before. And then there were whole sections of the movie. I'm like, I don't remember any of this. So I think this is one of those films that I just kind of chalked up of, oh, yeah, I've seen that because I've seen parts of with Man Bear Pig. But I had never seen this all the way through. And after watching it twice for the podcast, I got to say, 
I really enjoyed it. Like, other than the end, I like this yeah. movie quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sam, yeah, you said it. The, the social commentary in it is really well done. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit dated by today's standards. Like, there's definitely more that should have been talked about. Um, but it definitely has a lot of important messages, especially like when it comes to Native Americans and and the way we treat, uh, well, the way we treat our environment in general, which we're seeing fallout from overall. Um, but it was a really good, really good flick. And just the concept of the Katahdin is a lot of fun. And the way it looks is even more fun. Because, my God, what a great movie monster. <laughs> The babies. The babies were so cute. Oh, they were straight up ghoulies. I loved them. (laughs) But like Uh, the big monster, he's just so fun. Yeah. I'm sure like I think it's based on a book. Well, from what I read, there was a there was a novelization based on the movie that explained a shitload more. Okay, like I want I watched it and I always wonder if they're just like it was a vague like insert monster here. And they're just like, what do we do? Half melted bear. Well, apparently the original monster design was much closer to the, you know, the weird like uh, poster where it's the the thing in the embryo, and it's yeah. all like melty looking, and it's got like the long talons and all. It apparently looked more like that, and it had pieces of different animals. Um, but I guess uh, Frankenheimer didn't like it and said to make it more bear like, so they kind of went back to the drawing board and, and changed it around a lot. So. And, like, look, I know people love Cocaine Bear. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. I get it. It's a great movie. It's no prophecy. No, so, no, th- this, like, I, I, I like the this... tagline, too, where it says, like, she lives, don't move, don't breathe, there's nowhere to run, she will find you. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's cool. Those are well, my that... favorite Misfits lyrics. <laughs> Sorry. And, you know, the thing I like about this is, like, Sam, I'm glad you brought up the the tagline because the poster art or the box art, this is one of those types of horror movies that you used to look at in the video store. And, like, the cover would draw you in, then you'd flip it over to the back, and you'd just see, like, a bunch of old white dudes talking in the woods. And you'd have no clue what the movie was going to be about, but you knew there was, some, like, somewhere in there there's a monster. And yeah. you just rent it sight unseen. Yep. Um, You're like, there's a monster on it. It's got to be in there. It's like, I don't know. The back makes it look kind of boring, but I'm going to watch it. I want to see this monster. And I got to say, though, like, I, I know the monster is cheesy. Like, looking at it objectively, I can I can see that it is a cheesy, you know, it's a dude in a suit, clearly. And it does have a very Toho Godzilla vibe to it. Like, you know, Mike, you, you'd said that it was, it was like a, uh, oh, my God, why can't I think of that? Kaiju. Kaiju, thank you. I kept wanting to say like a Katahdin. And I'm like, it is a Katahdin. There was um, just an episode of Monster High where they were talking about that. About kaijus? Yeah. Well, I, I, oh, I nice. thought the Katahdin is in Monster High, and I was about to shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- there is a giant bear that's in it, but it's not really deformed. Okay, because that would just, like, <laughs> how they would make that, like, a fashion doll. <laughs> it would oh, be like wow. Darla. It'd be amazing. Yeah, it'd be Darla. <laughs> Oh my god! But no, like I even the scenes where it's it looks ridiculous and it's like running at the you know at the, the hero characters, it's still really fun. Like I really enjoyed the design of this creature. Um, it's just it's very unique. So yeah, I got to give it that. Um, and 
unlike many of the movies we cover where it's like it has a cool monster but a shitty story the story in this is really good too minus the fact that it is very much the the white savior movie uh that has no resolution as mike said at the start there's did you guys notice too the scene where he like legit is asking for the white man posse yeah he was like saying like you know maybe we should call them in <laughs> yep exactly it's and it, this is the best kind of white savior movie because it's wrong yeah and it's like they thought they were right right and for a long time i bet you people watching it were like of course but if you watch it now you're like Everything in this movie happens because of white savior syndrome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, we'll get to it. I, I got some but jokes that it's the, like, just, yeah. But the problem there is like, like you said, nothing gets resolved. No. So it's like a lot of these problems could have been avoided, but we didn't learn anything in the end. It's, if it had a better ending, I, I really do feel like this movie would be received much better. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. Because even at the beginning, when he when you're meeting the doctor first, you're seeing him in the slums and everything, he even says, like, I can make these reports, I could say this stuff, but it's not going to change anything. And right. I feel like that kind of came around again at the end, you know, even if, you know, he were to get to, like, a lab who says if he did or not, you know, mm. they'd still dismiss it or cover it up or it would just be like, you know, the government doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> People exactly. are, like, getting poisoned or having these deformed kids or their foods being messed with or their land or anything. They don't care. No. So, um, and he even kind of says that, you know, it doesn't matter what I try to do. Nothing's going to change. And also, you've got an over-the-top monster that kind of gets, like, a shitty death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, you guys <laughs> well, have... It's, kind, it's kind of a shitty death. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean there's <laughs> um there's I nobody's ever seen this movie because it sucks, but there's a movie called Grizzly that came out a few years before this. It's just about a giant grizzly bear. It was like Jaws, but a grizzly bear. I have it on DVD. Okay, I do too. <laughs> um they kill the giant killer grizzly bear with a missile mm-hmm. and blow it up. So you're like, okay, over the top monster, over the top death. The Katadin, we'll get to it. Doesn't have the best death. It's more of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of ending. Yeah. Uh, where it's like you survive, but it's like, come on. They could have, you know, like watching it the first time, sight unseen as a kid, I always thought he'd get pushed through like a buzzsaw at a wood sluice <laughs> and get cut in half or something. But um, she would, I'm sorry. Or live, you know, like Cocaine Bear and kind of just like walk off against the sunset. Uh, you know, Bruce Banner style with the thumb out. <laughs> I'm picturing the Katana as Bruce Banner. That's fucking great. Mike, why don't you start taking us through the <laughs> lovely story? Well, uh, let's let's hit the plot here. For anyone who's not seen this movie, uh, the basic premise is a government health inspector is dispatched to assess the damage a logging company is causing to a patch of forest claimed by Native Americans and comes face to face with the true terror wreaking havoc in the woods. Uh, so basically, there's a logging company uh, on, I think it was with, what, in Maine? I think that's where they yeah. are. Somewhere yeah. in the Northeast, yeah. So there's there's a logging company that is, is you know, chopping down the forest and there's a bunch of Native people protesting it. Um, a lot of their people are getting sick. They're getting, uh, they're having deformities when it comes to childbearing. 
there's a lot of problems and you know they're basically saying that they're poisoning the land the logging company is saying they're not and that they're everything is approved by the epa and they're all on the up and up and they send in this this guy to go and and kind of check things out um which i didn't understand because at first when we meet rob he's a doctor and then he works for the epa i'm like well wait what wait are you a government health inspector are you a doctor what are you like i don't understand you didn't yeah he actually says it and it makes no sense what he does (laughs) he's a doctor that that specializes in rat bites on babies yeah (laughs) that's literally his backward ass i missed that Yeah, I I mean I know I we think that was more or less a joke that that that's all that he kind of does because that's but all I'm we sure see him do as a doctor more. is check out of well Mike will get to it <laughs> yes <laughs> but so we open the movie with a bunch of guys at night in the woods with a dog and climbing gear looking for something shit goes sideways quickly and something off screen kills them. <laughs> Um, the next morning we see all of their bloody bodies and uh, like laying in the laying above the water, including one of the dogs. I it's screamed when that scene. dog fell. I know, right? Oh, yeah. I was like, no, the poor doggy. Yeah, Cause they were trying to lower him down the side of the mountain mm-hmm. and something cut the rope. Um, but they had the guy dangling by the climbing gear dead. Mm-hmm. It's a great Just open hover, yeah. hovering right above the water with blood dripping. That massacre scene was great. And that's the thing. There's very little blood, but where they did use it, it was effective. There's no bleeding. There's dead bodies. Yeah, I mean, there's there's blood in the water. There's blood on the bodies. But, you know. Um, But then we transition. I I love the... the, This is something I, I talk about in 70s movies all the time. The screen wipes or the soft transitions where we, like, transition from one scene into the next. And it's always something ridiculous. Like, this was, like... Here are a bunch of bodies. Now we're going to transition to Maggie playing cello. <laughs> it was like, wait, I was looking at a corpse and now I'm looking at a woman's face as she plays the cello. Here's This is where the movie just starts to really hammer in how white the protagonists are. <laughs> so oh, here's man. the film's heroine, a mm-hmm. concert cellist. Now, I, I say that as a character in the movie. It's like, yeah, whatever. How many, how many concert cellists do you know? None. <laughs> Have you ever met a concert cellist? Nope. No. It's just such a fucking construct for the movie. <laughs> well, th- this is you know? like those, uh, um, oh my God, the, the house flipping shows where the joke is always like, you know, I, I, I'm an unemployed gardener and my husband makes craft cat food. Our bit, our budget is ten million dollars. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. just like, how are you supposed to relate to this character? Right, Adrian and from Rocky, we... who was, I could relate to her because she worked in a pet store. I can't relate to her because she's a concert cellist or she's uh, the Godfather's girlfriend. <laughs> anyway, go on. True, uh, but so at the symphony, like she's she's when she's done practicing, she's talking to her friend. We find out that she's pregnant, but she's afraid to tell her husband because he doesn't want to have kids, even though she does. She basically tells her friend that he says that there's too much pain and suffering in the world. Why would we bring a child into it? Her friend tells her that that she needs to, to pick the right time and just go ahead and tell him. 
Smash cut to an ambulance driving to the inner city and stopping in front of a rundown tenement building where we meet Maggie's husband, Rob, who rushes inside one of the apartments. And we see this poor little baby who's been bitten up by rats. Um, and the mother tells him all oh, about how. Pox. Yeah, well, that's the thing. The mother tells him about how she was telling the uh, the landlord. And he says, oh, that's chicken pox. You know, and it's it, it was kind of awful, like the way the landlord was. uh just being like, oh, well, you know, it's chicken pox. It's nothing. And he's like, but it's rat bites. He's like, well, the rats need a place to live, too. Well, like, I, oh, need you to, fucker. I need to make a comment about this scene. When he arrives in the tenements, mm. it looks like it's out of escape from New York. Really there's a does. burnt husk of a car. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's it looks like it's in Mad Max. He goes inside the building and there's 50 people sleeping in the stairwell. It's like, yeah, these black people, they're so poor. Well, you know, it's like in, there's a burning barrel in the hallway. It's like, oh, boy. Keep in mind 1970s and early 1980s New York depictions in film. Because yeah. <laughs> that like, was right on the money with all the I, other yeah. depictions. I was yep. watching it, and I, I got the distinct impression that, like, Frankenheimer never mm-hmm. met a black person in his life. Oh, absolutely. No concept of what the inner city is like. But see, the, the way this was depicted i fully expected right around the corner for Dwayne and blyle to be hanging out in a hotel oh yeah yeah like this was this was very much like hen and lotter's new york as well um it was missing the fun hookers yes it was it was missing the hookers with the heart of gold <laughs> but uh what, it, <laughs> but it was still pretty uh it, pretty accurate to those uh those depictions from that era um but yeah, it, it is fucked up. Like, I'm sure that it wasn't this bad in reality, but it's just the way movies always depicted it. Yeah, this reminds me of Elvis's song in the ghetto, mm-hmm. which catchy as hell, but it's like Elvis has never been in the ghetto. Oh, no. But now I can also only picture Cartman singing that. So, yeah. But um, so basically, Rob tells the, the mother that unfortunately he's going to have to bring her kid to the hospital and, you know, he can be treated there. Gets gets kid down there, or got down to the ambulance with the mom, and then I forget the guy's name is it, uh, Vic shows up, and he's talking to Rob about what happened, and he this is where Sam, you were saying that Rob's like I can put in these reports over yeah. and over and over again, and no one ever reads them, and then Vic's like, well, how would you like to make a real difference, Rob? <laughs> he tells him about how he can send him out to Maine. Uh, all about the lumber company having a dispute with the natives and he has to go ahead and check, you know, the environment and make sure the logging company is on the up and up. Um, Cause if they're not, then they can stop the logging company and give these natives back their land. How does one job qualify him for the other? That was my question. Cause I was like, are you yeah. a doctor or are you an environmental specialist? I yeah. don't understand which he might be both. Apparently, this is a jack like of all trades. Maybe, yeah, he had study in that before, and then he started with medical. But it's funny because every time he talks about it, it later on, he ke- keeps talking about medical school. So it's like, so how yeah. does your medical school, you know, train you to study rocks and dirt? When I went to Damon, they taught me about nuclear fission and methyl mercury. He's <laughs> like, what? Anyway, yeah, it, it didn't make much sense. But so basically, uh, Vic convinces Rob to take, you know, take his wife out to uh, to Maine and go check out this lumber company. Um, so cut to them arriving in Maine. So we a meet beautiful a beautiful f- shot of them like flying in. 
Oh yeah. Oh, there's a lot of great aerial shots in this, like of just the landscape. Um, but I do love that we meet the family of campers headed up into the forest that I wrote, who I'm sure will come up later. Like yeah, they just check off campers. They, oh my god, they stuck out like a sore thumb. Because they they arrive and as soon as they get off the plane, there's like the little kid who's like, "I'm Billy. I'm going camping with my family." Like <laughs> super excited. I'm Billy. I sure ain't gonna explode later. <laughs> I mean, like it's so obvious that this is fodder that we're setting up for yeah. later. Oh my god! But so as uh, as they're getting off the plane and talking to little Billy. We also see one of the dogs from the beginning being airlifted in. The poor dog is just hanging by the little harness. It's been hanging all night, too. Yeah, how did the animal handlers on set allow that? Well, I do know... It's 1979. I guess. Well, that and a lot of animals were transported that way, like for, like, fire rescue. Um, Like, especially in, like, a bird... Like, if there's a forest fire, that's one of the ways that they do get animals out, is those, those big harnesses. They'll wrap around them so they can't move. And then they'll airlift him out. Um, so I, I do know that is a thing that gets used. But, I hope uh, they, they pay that dog double. <laughs> right? Yeah. Extra treats. <laughs> right. But he, he looked so miserable. He was just like, oh, fuck. I mean, I'm getting air sick. <laughs> I'm calling the union. God damn it. <laughs> I bet McGruff don't deal with this shit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we... Uh, we meet Isley, who introduces himself to Maggie and Rob. He's one of the heads of the logging company. Um, they ask him about the dog, and he explains that it's the only member of their search party that was found. Uh, he talks about the party from the beginning and, and tells them basically that his men have disappeared. Explains that the forest isn't safe right now, as the natives are mad at the lumber company, and people keep going missing and is getting blamed on one of their legends, the Katahdin. Um, basically Bigfoot, but worse, is how he describes it. You know, there's metal bands named after everything. <laughs> Where's Katahdin? Oh, that Gotta would be, be awesome. There. That would be awesome. Okay. Anyway. And, then, and their hit single, Men Bear Pig. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> off the Methyl Mercury LP. <laughs> but Isley explains that uh, he thinks the natives are responsible for the disappearances and they're using the legend to scare the lumberjacks as they're a superstitious bunch. Uh, he's, so he's convinced the natives killed his men. He does such an asshole thing in that scene, too. He does like the white guy to white guy thing where he goes, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. You know, like you lean in close and you're like, wink, wink, something racist. Wink, wink. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God, I've worked with so many of those types of people in the past. Thank if you God ask me, I think she's on the rag. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the kind of shit that he would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, Isley paint is, is very much painting himself as a character we don't like at this point. Um, he does have a moment of redemption. Doesn't last long, but he does have because a moment of redemption. Because he's a white guy. They had to write it in the movie that he gets it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But Isley takes Rob and Maggie up the mountains where they run into a group of natives blocking the road, which leads to an awkward but oddly intense chainsaw versus hatchet battle. Yeah. Not sexual <laughs> at yeah, all. That was awesome. That was an awesome battle. It was, But it was so awkward with the heavy eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> like, so basically... The natives have, they're, they're lining across the road between these two trees, and they have a chain behind them. 
So they stop the cars. Um, you know, Isley's telling them to get out of the way to let them up. You know, they won't move, and they're saying no one gets up the mountain. Um, Isley tells Rob and Maggie that there's no other way, like no other road that leads up there, and it's over 10 miles to walk, so they're not walking. Um, so one of Isley's men gets out of the truck, and Isley tells him to chop the trees down. So John Hawks, the leader of these people, is telling them, like, do not move. Do not, like, you're not chopping that tree down. So Hawks grabs an axe. The lumberjack has a chainsaw. And the two just start staring at each other like they're going to kiss. And then they have a fight with a chainsaw and a hatchet. Like, and it's you, pretty intense. You can hear the Star Trek Kirk Spock fight music. Yeah. Like if you've yes. ever seen. Yeah, Cable Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was. I mean, but like, again, I'm making fun of it, but it was, like I said, it was oddly intense. Like there was, yeah. there were moments where I was like, oh shit, that's, that's fucking scary. <laughs> like it was good. It was really well done. And but, then at the end of it, I was like, man, the feelings that guy must've been going through, you know, that nobody really like had his back much and that, you know, right? they finally did unhook the, the chains and then he had to move out of the way. But like, he was like, I'm not fucking moving. Right. Well, because, yeah, because Chainsaw Dude it knocks John back and like John falls over the chain and he's laying there. And then the, the guy fucking holds a running chainsaw like an inch from his throat and just is staring at him intensely. Like, it's so creepy. And then, like, you know, they're, they're saying unlock the chain like Isley's telling him to, to unlock it. And the Hawk is telling him, like, don't touch that chain like he's ready to fucking die. Yeah. And. Yeah. I mean, it was it was really intense. So finally, Ramona grabs the key, unlocks the chain. They let him pass, and Hawk looks pissed. It was at this moment that Hawk knew he fucked up. <laughs> but I, I love Isley's comment here because he tells Rob Maggie's like, "I told you these were violent people." Yeah, okay, they're they're the violent ones. They're yeah. the ones that uh, attacked with a chainsaw. There. Yeah, right. They're not doing anything. It's like what the fuck. <laughs> but up the moment we get a or up up the moment yeah up the mountain we get a quiet moment of Maggie practicing her cello while Rob fishes up in the lake. Oh God! Why did she <laughs> have to bring the whole fucking cello? Oh, it's so great! I love string instruments. Uh, no, it's just like I could just picture <laughs> Rob like hauling that up a mountain to a cabin, just being like, "God damn it! Why?" <laughs> But also just this serene moment where we see Rob on the lake. Again, in my head, all I could hear was the Peter Griffin TV music of la, la, la. Like it just had that music (laughs) to it. But he's out there having a good old time fishing and we see a duck in the in the water nearby and it gets yanked under the water by something. We never see what. But Rob's like, oh, that's crazy. And then a giant fucking fake salmon jumps up out of the water and wiggles. (laughs) <laughs> wiggle, it's, wiggle. It's, it does too it's like it pokes up it's like wiggle 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 and falls back <laughs> in the water <laughs> it's like whoa it's so badly fake and Rob is just like wowee you know all shocked by it and then we see him uh, we see him inside Maggie's cooking up the fish he caught and he's telling her all about the giant salmon he's like oh it must have been a world record and she goes, well, this is the land of Paul Bunyan and Babe is Blue Ox. Maybe there's some truth to it. What so, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Let's just go ahead and say that Paul Bunyan was based on fact. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. But again, that's the such white people shit. <laughs> like we're the ones that would just be like, "Looks safe to me. Let's eat it." Where everybody right. else would be like, "No, no, I'm not touching that. <laughs> that's not right." Well, yeah, they're like, "I love you." Exchanges like right then too were so creepy. Oh, that yeah, that well, that's coming up in a second because outside we see John Hawk watching the cabin from the woods, and then we get a montage of animals getting spooked and running off as something very large lumbers through the trees, grunting. It's like, ooh, I wonder what that is. The and then, werewolf. <laughs> and he's super duper serial. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. But yeah, back inside, uh, Maggie attempts to bring up the baby discussion with Rob. He immediately doesn't want to talk about it. She asks if he's scared, and he admits he is. And this is where we get the, I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love you. It's it's as bad it's as so Anakin. It, it's it's very much like the Star Wars episode two where Amidala is like, I love you. And Anakin's like, no, I love you. Like, it's that same, <laughs> like, awful exchange. Yeah. <laughs> I hated it. But while she tries to comfort him, they hear something scratching at the door and Rob opens it to, to a seemingly rabid raccoon that attacks them. And it's like a three minute fight sequence with <laughs> yeah. Rob and a raccoon. I love it because it grabs and jumps on Maggie and it's just chittering. It's like, <laughs> and Rob beats it with an oar as you do and then throws it in the fire. <laughs> Like, he, he burns this animal alive. It's fucked up. It looked, it was, like, totally like a real raccoon until he hucked it into the fire. Yes. <laughs> this movie does something. Now, I <laughs> I know the episode hasn't come out yet as of this recording, but there is a scene in uh, Christmas Bloody Christmas where someone is killed and tossed over a car. And they literally turn into a rag doll as they're flying. It's 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 fucking hysterical the way this That's body so flies bad. through the air. But but they do that twice in this movie. Once with the raccoon and once later when someone gets killed. I love yep. the rag doll death. The rag doll death always makes me laugh. Yeah. Definitely. You think Frankenheimer didn't tell him and he just had a live raccoon behind the camera. He's like, think fast. But I love it because we we literally have this, like you said, like this three minute raccoon fight where Rob is beating it with an oar and burns it alive and then smash cut to denim crotch and disco. It's <laughs> just like this extreme close up of a girl's crotch in jeans with disco playing. I'm like, wh- why did we start there? Like, what? Why was the close-up on her crotch? I don't understand. I didn't even realize it was. I was uh, looking at the radio. It's seventies. They but they That's back why? out. But it's a teenage girl. It's really weird. That's <laughs> true. That I is was, a little odd. <laughs> I was not comfortable and why with that. Why are they so dirty? Like I understand they've yes. been hiking for a long time. Like I've been hiking for a long time, but it literally looks like they just stuck their hands in mud, wiped it across their face, and then just kept going. Yeah, they look yeah. like yielding chimney sweeps. Yeah. I, I, dude, I have that exact comment. 
I was like, why is just their face dirty? Like all of their clothes are clean, yeah. but they're they all had chimney sweep face. Yeah, like it was so weird. But like as they're walking, the dad hears something and tells his daughter to turn off the Walkman. And she's like, but you said I could listen for ten more minutes. And he's like, shut it down now. <laughs> they hear like something panting in the woods, and then it stops. So basically, Man Bear Pig was dancing to the funky disco beat. But, uh, you know, got a little sad when it stopped, so it stopped moving. Hey, man, the Bee Gees, you can't help yourself. Right? But then after he's like, well, I guess it was nothing. They turn back on the disco and continue walking. Smash cut to a kayak race and a bunch of excited whiteys watching it. Um, We see Rob is on the phone in the background talking to the lab, saying that he's sending soil samples along with tissue samples from the raccoon. He mentions that he tested it and it wasn't rabid, but something was definitely wrong and he wants to get to the bottom of it. After he gets off the phone, John Hawks and Ramona call him over. Hawk tells him that he wants to speak with him about what's going on. And the two have this intense back and forth where Hawk explains that uh, explains to, to Rob what is happening to his people. Like the destruction of the forest is leading to problems, blah, blah, blah. He basically says, like, you know, people in town call us drunk when we live clean lives. It's like not a, none of us are drinking at all. Like they they basically live off the land. They're just trying to live their lives out there in the forest. And people write them off as violent drunks. And something is happening to, the, to his people, but he doesn't know what. So it's kind of it's kind of fucked up when you think about it, because, like, no one is taking them seriously that something is going wrong with his people. No, and, like, and, like this is common. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's really fucked. Um, it reminded because, me of the movie Thunderheart with Val Kilmer, where yes. he's, like, part Native American and stuff. And... You know, I don't think I've ever seen that one. I know of it, but I've never seen it. It's good. You you would like it. Val Kilmer. Say, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, li- I like Val Kilmer. Um, but so, basically, they convince him and, and Maggie to come see for themselves. One of the things that uh, Ramona comments is she explains that she's a midwife and she's been seeing horrible birth defects and deformities for the last year or so. Um, so they meet with Ramona's grandfather, uh, Kelso at little camp in the woods. He explains that he built that place to live as the elders lived and teach the young people. Uh, explains about the tunnels under the forest that allow for storage of perishables, which I'm sure that'll come back later. Chekhov's tunnels. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And how the forest provides more food than any man could possibly need. He says that things grow big there. It's truly the Garden of Eden. During this conversation, Rob notices that the old man is holding his cigarette between his fingers. And his fingers are all scarred up and burned. Um, Ramona takes the cigarette out of the man's hands. But he like he didn't even notice the fact that it was burning his flesh. So something is clearly wrong. Yeah, um, man. I've seen that too many times with senior citizens. Oh, the burnt it fingers? Yeah. Breaks my heart. Like you can yeah. tell that they've been in too long when they've got the, the cigarette callus. Yeah. Well, and it's it's that whole thing of like nerve damage, you know, where yep. you just can't feel it. Um nerve damage fucking sucks, man. But uh so they, they talk about the local legends, including Katahdin, to which the old man assures them the creature is real. He's super duper serial. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm gonna be saying that a lot through this. <laughs> But they see something bubbling in the water, and the old man signals Hawk to go out there and get it. And he pulls out a fucking tadpole the size of a football. And Rob's like, where does this pond feed into? And he explains that it's the same river that the paper mill is on. 
So smash cut to Rob and Maggie with Isley at the paper mill getting a tour. Rob asks all about the the mill, like, you know, how does basically where does this drain out to? What do you use to dye the paper? Um, Isley tells him it's chlorine, but everything is done on the factory floor. None of it gets washed out into the lake. Um, so they, they keep going on and on. He's trying to find anything. And he goes, well, is there any chemicals used, you know, that could get into the water? And he talks about a binding agent, but everything was approved by the EPA and it's biodegradable, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, go ahead and test the water if you don't believe me. And because Rob is getting a little pissed, like he thinks that the logging company is the reason for all of this. And he's not wrong. Um, But as they're leaving, Maggie points out to Rob that she thinks Isley was telling the truth. And he goes, why? And she goes, because he was going to let you test the water. And Rob points out that it could be something in the water that's heavier than water and sinks to the bottom. And he points out a silvery substance on her boots. He goes, look at your boots. He goes, is that dry? And she rubs rubs it on her fingers and she goes, yeah. And he goes, in medical school, they asked us, or we learned a trick question. What's the only liquid in the world that isn't wet? And then he says mercury. So now we cut to him studying and he finds a uh, that a chemical was used in logging practices made from mercury. So it's called methyl mercury. And it was discontinued in 1956 as it was linked to the death of nearly 100,000 people in Japan. He realizes pretty quickly that that's why people have been acting so weird. They're being poisoned. Like this whole sequence. <laughs> one, is that true? Like, I, I just didn't want to do the. I know methyl mercury is a thing and it's mm-hmm. dangerous, but right. then it's like, also, oh, is that a riddle that you actually had in medical school? Right. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it's more like, you know, what, what's born with two legs and three, you know, it's like something that's like, oh, I get it. It's a trick. Right. Not just like what's wet, but what isn't wet. It's like, oh, methyl mercury. And you know, the, the periodic table number. And it's like, uh, boy, <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> a little weird. It did feel very, uh, we wrote this line for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it still was fun how he, like, broke it down and stuff and talked about it. Yeah, and it's it's one of those scenes that we, we don't see often anymore, but we used to get those scenes in movies where the, uh, the smart guy <clears throat> would be recording himself on some kind of, like, recording device. So, in this case, it's one of those little uh, tape recorders with the long spindly microphone. <laughs> But sometimes it's just like, you know, a little handheld tape recorder or something. But they're just recording, talking to themselves as a way of getting exposition to the audience. Now a lot of that is done in like, I'm on the computer. I got an email. I'm on the Internet. You know, so we're we're seeing it on the screen. But back then it was always like a guy narrating to himself. I do that every ball movement. <laughs> I, I sit there like Evil Dead 2. And um, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> do you go conda Latu Barada Onamshibai Oh god but he explains to Maggie all about his findings and how this chemical is known to cause mutations in fetuses. He basically basically explains that the fish in the lake are are infected. Then a pregnant animal eats the fish and the fetus is mutated. She, of course, looks panicked because they ate the fish earlier and she's pregnant, unbeknownst to Rob. Um, I feel horrible for her throughout this entire scene. because, like, Oh, my gosh. She looks terrified. Right? Like, oh, like, the way she terrified. plays it. Terrified. Yeah. 
it's because she was asking like because he's explaining how it'll jump the placental barrier and bond with the fetus's dna and like it like pauses certain stages of its growth so there's like some parts that won't look right some parts that'll be like you know uh not as matured as the rest um so and he she's like how much does it take and he's like oh very little and it's just like you could see her face dropping the entire scene. Yeah. And he's so fucking clueless. Oh, I completely. mean, she ate it once, but I don't know. She she looks so scared. Right. Well, because that's the thing. She's like, well, how much does it take? And he's like, oh, very little. <laughs> and he doesn't seem to be concerned. Like, hey, you ate some too, jackass. Like, yeah, if like, it's so yeah. poisonous, wouldn't you be freaking out? Yeah. You wake up and you're Well, I mean, he's not pregnant. <laughs> right. That's Well, no, he's not pregnant, but neither were the dudes that were getting, you know, neither was like Kelso who had the nerve damage or they were talking about all the men that people thought were drunk and were just passing out. It's like, so, I mean, clearly it's a poison, you know, it, it's fucking up everybody, but yeah, if you're pregnant, obviously it's going to give you a mutant baby um, as we see later, but, <laughs> but still it's, it's fucked up. So he tells her he has to send out samples to be tested and they should have their findings in a week to 10 days. Now we cut to campers sleeping in the woods <laughs> and suddenly man bear pig. Mm, you first see him. <laughs> oh my God. This is the best scene. It's so fucking good. Like, like oh. Mike, you oh. described it earlier. You described it perfectly. You just the, the little dude sleeping, <laughs> sleeping bag, like a little burrito. Now I need to paint this picture. So if you, you're still not sold <laughs> on this movie, this isn't even funny. Uh, Frankenheimer a lot of these night shots, I think, are on a soundstage. Oh, definitely. Everything is lit beautifully. Like, there's no, like, purposely dark scenes where you can't see shit. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like an over-landscaped golf course at night. You see <laughs> everything. And it's beautiful. And they're, like, right in the woods. Like, peekaboo! There's mm-hmm. the Katahdin, which is, I'm going to say, a 12-foot-tall mutated bear mama bear that's half melted yep and really pissed really she wants her babies she wants to murder everything mm-hmm. and boy does she well and it's like you you see you see man bear pig like attack and then literally a little billy tries to hop away and just i love the way it happens because when he gets he look he, first of all it looks like he gets backhanded by oh, Mama yeah. Man Bear Pig. Um, like, it doesn't look like she swipes at him with her claw. It looks like she bitch slaps him. And he goes flying the way uh, Reagan's mom does in The Exorcist. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. goes <laughs> flying across the room and just fucking explodes. And it is it is the best. Scene. Like, I had to play it multiple okay. times because I could not stop laughing. <laughs> it was so amazing. But <laughs> if you have a sick sense of humor... Watch it for this scene. Oh, my God. Well, and there's there's at least two other death scenes that had me in tears. And I'm oh, like, yeah. the deaths in this movie are great. Um, but we cut from, like, that fantastic explosion death to Rob getting blood samples from all the natives at the village. Yes. <laughs> and while this is happening, Isley, some of his men, and the local police show up explaining there's been more killings in the mountains at Mary's Bend. And they're not waiting for any more. Uh, they're there to take Hawk and his people in. Hawk flees. And it, uh, like 
the way he flees is fucking hilarious. <laughs> he jumps out a window. No, he he's outside. He runs into a house, and then we see this shot from outside and from the front. So we're looking into the cabin through the front window. We see Hawk run across the room and then go yeet and like jump out the window yep. in the back of the cabin. It is fucking hilarious. <laughs> like he goes <laughs> flying. So Hawk takes off and Ice is like, ah, we'll get him later. Round these other ones up. And this is like, ah, Hawk, er, uh, Icely, you suck. So Rob asks Ramona if, if she knows where Mary's Bend is, and she tells him she does, and he asks her to come with him to show him. Cut to Rob, Maggie, and Ramona in a helicopter flying down to Mary's Bend, but of course it's the third act, so the third act storm is a brewing, and they can't hang around for too long. So and they... it's in, like, a, an old-fashioned helicopter? Yeah. It's nerve-wracking. Yeah. 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 And it's like, you you know, you see the storm brewing. They they land in a very precarious area. And the pilot makes sure to let everyone know he can only stay there for a couple minutes because the storm is kicking up too bad. And if those trees start whipping back and forth any faster, they're not going to be able to take off. So uh, Ramona and Rob get out of the helicopter, leaving Mary behind. And I felt so bad for, or I'm sorry, not Mary, Maggie. I feel so bad for Maggie here because she's clearly nauseous. And the yeah. pilot's like, ah, oh, you're sick here. Sniff some ammonia. Now, I know he was trying to help, but she's like waving him off like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And he's just like shoving it in her nostril. Seriously. And I mean, Rob wasn't in there at the time. So why was she like, yo, I'm pregnant. Leave me the yeah. fuck alone. Right. Because you know? <laughs> he's like, one more time now. He's Get like, it up in there. Come on, sniff it. She's like, no, I'm good. Sniff it. He's just shoving it up in there. But. It was fucking ridiculous. So Rob and Ramona poke around the forest and we see massive claw marks on the trees and they're really high up too. So they run across John Hawk hiding out up there as well. And uh, meanwhile, Maggie leaves the helicopter because she's feeling sick. She goes to put on a little shawl and it flies away in the wind. Oh, and white people stuff. <laughs> it happens to land nearby a poacher's net where she discovers baby man bear pigs. <laughs> like I, so i'm sure sad. sam you're gonna like talk me off the ledge here but this is the point in the movie where i'm just like i'm white but i, I still felt like saying like white people shit like <laughs> of course <laughs> so mike uh, she finds two babies what happens uh well one of them is dead and the other one is crying out um so Robin and Ramona come running over because they hear Maggie screaming and Rob grabs the living one in spite of Ramona saying, let it die. He tells her this is evidence that could possibly save the forest and her people. So they take the babies and leave. Now, Rob has the live baby under his coat and it's it's wriggling around the way the fucking kitten in Pet Cemetery did to in Eddie Furlong's jacket. Yeah, like... <laughs> Look, I get that you want to take home that stray cat that you found, but yes. if it's clearly a half-melted bear, mm -hmm. maybe let it drown. Just saying. You don't have to or take like, home everything. Take, take the dead one if you want to do, like, samples and stuff. Right. You're going to, like, carry this creature that, you know, you have no idea what it's going to do. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, oh, God. Dude, I literally just saw a TikTok like 15 minutes before we started recording 
of these two people that's like, my boyfriend and I found a stray bobcat in the woods. First of all, you were in the wood, woods. It wasn't stray. Like, it, it lives <laughs> where it lives. Right. <laughs> and they decided to take it home. It was a kitten. They took they took it home and raised it as their own. Oh. So basically, they catnapped this bobcat from its home. Oh. <laughs> and then just raised it with house cats. So now they have a bobcat living at their house. I'm like, well, that... white people know best. Yeah, like, I was just gonna say that right there describes white people shit. Did they <laughs> did they have like deep scars across their face from the bobcat, the wild animal that they shouldn't have in the fucking house? <laughs> right. I was like, because like when you see it as a kitten, it's like, oh, it is cute. And then you see it fully grown, and I'm like, that thing is gonna eat you in your sleep. <laughs> That's some fucking Tiger King bullshit if there ever was. Yep. Oh, but it, it was crazy. So they uh, rob stuff's baby man bear pig in his jacket, and Hawk has the dead one in his jacket. And I love it. They come running up to the pilot who's trying to lock everything down because he's like, we can't take off now. And the whole time, baby man bear pig is like, like making all this noise. And the pilot is not asking questions like, did you grow quato? Like, what what is under your jacket? What do you got there? Literally, like something got turned inside out, and it's (laughs) screaming, and they're holding on to it. And yeah, not once is he like, "What's that?" (laughs) Right, and like it's not quiet. Like I said, it's literally going like, like it's making all this noise. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) So basically, they're like, "We got to get the fuck out of here." And he's, I think, what did they say? It was like a 10-mile hike back to town. So they're like... It's we can... always just some, like, just far enough where you don't want to do it kind of walk. Yep. And then remote is like, oh, my grandfather's place isn't far. So they travel there, but they don't find him. He's gone. They send some local natives off to find the sheriff uh, and the, the people from the mill. They're basically like, go get the sheriff. Go get the local paper. Go get the mill people. We must show them what we found. Go get those guys with Everyone the pitchforks and the torches. <laughs> Bring the posse. <laughs> Find someone with a nice noose and a pickup truck. Go on now. Pip, pip. <laughs> the pip, pip got me. But they get baby man bear pig into one of the tents and stabilize him uh, with a shot of adrenaline and IV fluids. Um, and this, it, it is such a great puppet. Like, you know there's just somebody under the table, like, wiggling its arms. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> meh. It's going, meh, meh. <laughs> so good. Of all the dumb shit, like, <laughs> let's take that turn down the road that says dead end. You know, like, let's not make sure the killer's dead. All the dumb <laughs> shit, like, let's take <laughs> the let's monster's take baby. baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> Run around with it. That's like... We're trapped in a horror movie, and I'm going to bet you $5 to poke Jason Voorhees in the asshole with your finger. <laughs> That's that level of stupid. <laughs> you know, like... Oh, God. It's, yeah, this is one of those horror movie moments where watching the movie, you're like, what are you thinking? Why would you do that? Like, I agree with Sam. Take the dead one. You can prove what you found <laughs> with the dead one. Yep. Oh, my God. So while they're, uh, you know, they're sitting there waiting for uh, for the backup to come, um, Maggie is getting like more and more upset watching this little baby man bear pig writhe around. Eventually, she gets out of the tent 
And Rob goes to talk to her and he's like, oh, it'll be fine. You know, we're, we're going to we're going to get all the people. We're going to blow the lid off this and blah, blah, blah. We'll get the people their land back. And then she drops the bomb on him that she's pregnant. And she's like, I'm pregnant. And I donate the mercury fish. Um, now she's going to have a baby man bear pig. I so love now, the look on his face of like, well, you're going to do all the diapers, right? Right. Because <laughs> he goes, he's like, why didn't you tell me? And she's like, you didn't want to know. And he's like, oh, <laughs> like he just looks all sad. Like, oh, shit, she's right. I tried. But then he tells her, he's like, we can k- take care of it. And she's. this is where she talks about that she didn't want to have an abortion, that she wanted a baby. And he's like, I know you did. There, there. And he like pats her on the head. I'm like, you're a dick. Yeah. I, I don't like Rob. He's not the hero. No. You know, he's, no. He's not a good person. His beard sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so perfectly quaffed. <laughs> like, does he put it in curlers? It's just like. Yeah. I mean, it really was groomed within an inch of his life. Like it, it was. Looks, it looks like pubes. <laughs> like I look at his face and I'm like, "Where's the dick?" <laughs> it was his nose. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but, but I just wrote, "Sad moment is sad" because like they're talking about the baby. <laughs> um. So they see the sheriff and folks arriving. So John goes to hide in the tunnels, and Rob tells them that he has to air. But he has the answers to some very important questions and shows them baby man bear pig. Rob tells Isley that it's the result of methyl mercury spilling out of your plant. And he goes, did you know? Isley looks shocked and tells him, I didn't want to. So it's like, <laughs> you suck. Both of you suck. Yeah, like, But then this is the moment where it's like Isley sort of like has regrets. Yeah. And it's well, like, yeah. I'm not that bad. Like, yeah, you are. Well, he he mentions earlier that like there there's an independent contractor that they use that floats the uh, the the logs downstream to them, and basically that that's where the methyl mercury is applied is during that process because it's uh, it's put on the logs to uh, keep algae from building up. So basically, while they're floating in the water and like you know getting all nice and soggy to be pulped and processed, um, this methyl mercury is covering them. But that's sinking down into the water and getting into the mud and, you know, the fish and wildlife down there eating it and all this crap is happening. So Isley was basically ignoring the fact that they were using cheap contractors for this. Yeah. You know, which is just fucked. Which is Uh, the cause of everything. It wasn't us. It was, you know, we wiped our hands of it. We hired third party people that we underpaid and now we're shocked that bad things happened. Yeah. It's kind of like what I'm dealing with at my job right now. Oh, we we hired the the wrong people to uh, install this system, and now we're dealing with a lot of problems. Uh, me too. It's like uh, everywhere. But mm-hmm. my job's uh, not making giant mama man bear pigs. True. <laughs> Mine might be. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> on there. So I don't want to know. Way. Look the other way. Yeah, I, I don't want to know. Um, but after this big bomb is dropped on Isley, Grandpa Kelso arrives home, followed by Mama Manbear Pig, who just starts knocking over trees and shit and murdering fools. Oh, God. Like, she shows up and it's just yes. destruction time. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking good. Because she bites a dude's head off. Oh, yeah. is, this, is that the scene? No, that's coming up. That's one of my favorite deaths. Okay. It's oh, so good. Oh, the guy randomly catches fire. <laughs> yeah, because this is, 
this is one of the ragdoll deaths. We have a native that tries to fight Mama Man Bear Pig because she's she's literally knocking over trees. So yeah. she knocks over a tree onto a barrel of oil that spills down and gets into the fire, like creating a fire. Uh, one of the um, one of the the natives tries to fight her, and she just fucking backhands him, and we see a ragdoll fly through the air and land in the fire. Um, and then the oil like reaches the truck that tries to drive off and the truck just fucking explodes. <laughs> so it's, it's like we get a fool knocked into the flames. A truck blows up. People are getting killed left and right. Mama man, bear pigs killing everybody. And we get, uh, what is it? Ramona Hawk, Maggie. Um, let me see. Maggie, the sheriff. uh, the sheriff. Yep. Um, and they drag the pilot. Oh, the pilot got knocked out. That's right. He got, he's yeah. unconscious because he got a swipe to the head and somehow lived. Um, oh, hold on a sec. We have a cat interruption. Rufus, get down. He's trying desperately to get my attention. So he's trying to stand on top of my computer. He just wants to show you his butthole. He's like, like mama man, bear pig. He's like, <laughs> I want to talk about man, bear pig too. Come on, buddy. You got to go. This yeah. is my fourth favorite movie, Dad. Come on. No, it doesn't have Nicolas Cage in it. He loves Nicolas Cage movies. Oh, <laughs> Dad, will you wash my back? <laughs> got to squeeze it in there. You got you to say it the right way, though. I'm going to wash my back. Um, cover myself in suds. <laughs> I promise I'll be covered in suds real good. Oh, oh. Gee, shucks. <laughs> I'm only 12. Gee willikers. <laughs> But so they're so they're they're all down in the in the little hovel or the little tunnel with baby man bear pig, and we hear mama stomping around above and like dirt and dust has fallen down from the ceiling of the tunnel, and they sit there all quiet until they hear what sounds like mama lumbering away. It's like and then thump 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 thump. So the sheriff decides I'm gonna poke my head up. He looks up and we just see him get yanked up and his legs are a wiggling and then he falls down dead. So all I can picture is Mama Man Bear Pig above the tunnel doing the Scooby-Doo shit like shh, do, 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 and then listening, waiting. Like, look, I'm walking away, guys. I'm going away. I'm walking away. <laughs> like, that's what I'm picturing her doing because it's like we hear her walk away. And then she's suddenly right there at the entrance. I don't know why I'm picturing her doing the Wayne's World going down the escalator. Yeah. Gag. (laughs) (laughs) The angles of them, like, in the tunnel, too, like, all their faces as they're, like, waiting and listening and stuff was great. It was so good. It was some fantastic camera angles. Oh my god, dude! I laughed so fucking hard when that sheriff <laughs> when he just like wiggled and then fell down dead. Like every death scene is so good in this movie. Oh my god! So, <laughs> Baba Bad Bear Pig then grabs her dead baby and scampers off into the woods while the camp burns and Grandpa Kelso watches. Baby. The next morning, they explain how they need to get the pilot some help because he's in a coma from his injuries. The problem is nothing is close to them. The village is 10 miles away, as we discussed. Uh, So they decide to take him there and send for help, but it'll still be a long wait. Isley tells them there's a radio tower about six to seven miles away. 
Rob tells him that's too far to walk with that thing out there. And Icy's like, I can make it. Let me do this. If I succeed, I'll have help to you by nightfall. If not, well, you'll be safe. (laughs) Okay. So he heads to the tower while the rest of the survivors take the pilot and baby man bear pig down to the village. I couldn't stop laughing at them carrying the pilot on the man-made, the little handmade stretcher. Because there's at least two scenes where Rob, like, kind of drops the ball, and you know that pilot got thumped on a rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it's really fucking funny to watch. Again, one of those moments, this... like, let him die. Right. What were you going to say, Sam? Was this, too, where, like, the baby was, like, gnawing on Maggie's neck, and she was just taking it? Yeah. Oh, no, the, no, that's the next scene. That's that's the that's the final so sequence. So ridiculous. Um, but, yeah... So, uh, so yeah, they're, they're heading to the to the village. You know, like I said, Isley's heading to the tower. Cut to Isley arriving at the tower. Then suddenly, man bear pig. <laughs> Isley gets mauled by mama bear. And it's it's pretty creepy the way this one happens. Because, like, he sees he sees mama, bear, mama man bear pig. And goes to run to the tower. And he can't get in the gate. And, like, there's this. I, I ain't going to lie. This part did get me a little creeped out. He's like fighting with the gate, trying to get in it. And then he tries to climb over it and he can't make the climb. Plus there's barbed wire on top of the fence. And we hear the thing getting closer and closer behind him. This is something in video games that always freaks me out. If I'm playing like an FPS game and I know something is right behind me chasing me and I get like stuck at a door and I have to open it. And I know that thing is getting closer. Like it just wigs me out. It freaks me out so bad. So watching this scene with Isley fighting with the gate and hearing Man Bear Pig coming closer and closer, I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck, get away!" Like, I just I'll feel like because I know that would be me. Like, I'm not climbing a fence. Right, <laughs> like, I'm dead. Well, and that's the thing. I kept when he tried to climb under it, I was like, "Oh, my fat ass would be gone." Like, there's no way I would slide under that fence. And he, he does. He almost got it. He did. He got about halfway, and then we yep. we see the shadow, and we hear the crunch and him scream, and it's like, well. You done got eight. So bye bye, Isley. So now we cut to the rest of the group arriving at the village, which is now empty after the police raid earlier. Uh, We cut to Hawk running around in the woods where he finds a truck left by one of the loggers. He runs back to the village and tells the others. He basically says, if I can get some tools up there, I can cross the wires and we can get the fuck out of here. So he heads, they, you know, he gets the tools. They head back, cross the wires, blah, blah, blah. We cut to the group driving at night in the truck. Suddenly, Al Gore, I mean, Man Bear Pig, <laughs> um, ba- Baba tips the truck and everyone tries to escape. This scene, I, the whole time I was laughing because yeah. she just fucking flips the truck and everyone's like, get out of there. <laughs> just like They scramble. While this is happening, baby Man Bear Pig starts biting Maggie in the throat for reasons. And the poor pilot, this poor fucking pilot is strapped to the side of the truck in the stretcher, and he just happens to finally come out of the coma to see Mama Man Bear Pig coming straight for him. Yeah. And he just screams, and we see the Man Bear Pig pans in front of the camera. You hear a gulp, and then she pans away, and his head is gone. <laughs> the gulp sound had me in tears. Like... There is a very audible boop. It's like, come on. Oh, my Lord. So, yeah, his, he got his head eaten. Um, the, the, Poor Hawk was trying to help. 
he was trying desperately to get that pilot out of there, but he couldn't do it. Poor Armando Sante. <laughs> <laughs> he tries this movie like he tries to play him as like the noble heartthrob, but it's like he doesn't realize the movie he's in. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but the group get to the lake and just start. They start swimming. They're like, fuck it. Get out of here. Grandpa stays behind to try to reason with man bear pig. Oh, as the, God. Another great death. <laughs> as the group swims away, the baby keeps gnawing on Maggie. Like, so this whole time, yeah. the baby is biting Maggie's throat, as Sam said. How is she not bleeding out or being like, hey, somebody take this thing. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> She's like, oh, just eat me. It's cool. Just well, one of those, like, he's just, it's just it. They're love bites. He's play biting. She know? was going, well, I'm going to have a baby man bear pig of my own one day. I better get used to this baby. now. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But I love Rob's reaction because she cries out and he grabs the thing and fucking drowns it. <laughs> like, like, he should have from the start. <laughs> he There's no hesitation. He grabs yeah, it by the neck. He grabs it by the neck and holds it underwater till it stops grunting. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, he just murdered baby man bear pig. He's going to make a great father. Well, I mean, finally, it was chewing on her neck for like, yeah. <laughs> like ever. Oh, my God, I was cracking up. But after he drowns it, Ramona looks back and sees Grandpa's negotiations didn't work out too well. <laughs> man bear pig is swinging it back and forth like a rag doll. His little animatronic bendy legs. <laughs> but I was like, oh. no, not Grandpa. Oh, poor Kelso. I hope he couldn't feel it. Because, <laughs> you know, he had all that nerve damage. Maybe he didn't feel it. I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> but the group keeps swimming and they get to the dock on the other side of the lake and watch Man Bear Pig as she walks into the lake like Jason fucking Voorhees and oh disappears God. under the water. Okay, now let, let, let's paint the picture here. Rob, who's supposed to be the big-ass brain of this movie, like he's the doctor, he's the environmentalist, he figures out all the bad shit, he's the, he's the white savior of the flick who's the smartest man in the movie, and what does he say when we watch this bear like just staring at you walking straight into the water? He goes, it drowned! It's dead! We're saved! Like, what? Like, <laughs> I thought you were the smart one! Like, what? What are you talking about? Honey, yeah, because there was only one, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? But of course, Man Bear Pig isn't dead. He's just super duper cereal. Like, Man Bear Pig just climbs up out of the water and starts fucking attacking again. So the group runs into the house by the dock and barricades themselves in, and they grab what weapons they can. Mama just breaks in. Rob shoots her in the face, causing her to retreat for a minute. Mama and breaks she, in through the fucking roof. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, Next, she, she, break, she breaks down the whole fucking wall like the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. Like, yeah. She, she doesn't She's fuck around. The cabin. <laughs> she just takes it out. But I, I love this part, too, because a piece of rubble just hits Ramona. Okay. Just it, she, she don't die. She just gets hit in the shoulder and falls over. This is the last we see of Ramona. That I would have done the exact same thing. I would have been like, here's my chance to play. I'm dead. You know, like, and I would... I'm done with this day. Like, Good luck. You're on your own. Bye. She does not die, though. She just gets hit. She's like, 
She and, does what um, Richard Dreyfuss does in Jaws. Right. She kind of just dopes out. <laughs> oh, my God. So there is Rob and Hawk trying to fight Mama Man Bamberg, and they're shooting the hell out of her. Forget Rob runs out of bullets and throws his gun at her like that's going to do something. Hawk keeps hitting her with arrows until she turns around and swats him, and he goes flying like a ragdoll. And this this is another one of my favorites. He goes from human to full-on limp ragdoll in, like, one frame cut. Yep. And it's so good. He just flies limply through the air, lands on the ground, and then cuts right back to the human, like, the actor playing him. And he's all covered in blood, missing, like, what his one eye is kind of hanging out. She Yeah, she took, like, three deep claw marks out of his head. Yep. So he's dead. I just wrote dead. Hawk is dead. Um, Rob grabs the bow and arrow and tries to load it. But Mama Man Bear Pig grabs him and shakes him like a British nanny. And uh, Rob just grabs the arrow and starts poking Man Bear Pig in the eye. He breaks it off in its eye. It staggers back and falls in the water. Then he jumps off the dock like a fucking wrestler off the top ropes. He just yeah, like, he like Macho Man Randy Savage elbow drops. Yes! Mama Bear Pig. And starts stabbing her with the arrow like fucking die! Until Mama just sinks under the water and stops twitching. Like, th- th- he just, he stabs her with an arrowhead. Repeatedly, repeatedly. until she's dead. <laughs> yep. I mean, he just pokes her eye out, but. But still, it's like, you know, it was the weirdest death scene. But, I mean, I did crack up when he fucking jumped off the top ropes. Like, that was funny as hell. Um, Then we smash cut to the next morning where we see Rob and Maggie flying out of Maine in a little airplane. They just left Ramona, I guess. And then suddenly Skeletor Man Bear Pig pops up into frame, roars at the screen, credits the end. What what the fuck was that ending? (laughs) It's never over, Mike. (laughs) Hey, at least she got her neck bandaged up. But like she's still gonna have uh, baby man bear pig, you know. Is Ramona still in the rubble? The people of the area are st- still eating poisoned fish. Yeah, like, like yeah. is she keeping the baby? <laughs> like nothing yeah. is resolved. That is the only thing I disliked about this. Like I was, I was having a ball watching this movie. Like right up until the last like three seconds, I'm like, what, what, what was that? <laughs> like. I, it, give me another ten minutes. Give me some wrap up, yeah. and I'd be happy. Seriously, I don't. You know what? I don't care about the lives of any of them. I just like man bear pig. <laughs> like I don't care about any of the bullshit in the ghetto. I don't care about the baby. I, I guess I care about the plight of the Native Americans. But honestly, like, just I just want the adventures of Mama Man Bear Pig. <laughs> That's it. Call me like insensitive all you want. <laughs> but like <laughs> ultimately that's all that matters. I do I don't care about anybody or anything else. I mean I want to see what her cave looks like. Oh right. man, yeah. Is you it know? half melted? Yeah, does she hibernate? I don't know. I like the not fact either. that she on, only ran around on two legs. Yeah. Yeah. You know. If she yeah. wasn't being pulled well, around on the skateboard. It right. was probably to be intimidating. Right, but I mean, you know, bears will will run on all fours, then stand up and come at you. But she was running through the woods on two legs, which that cracked me up every time. Because like even when she was was coming toward them across the lake, she never dropped to all fours and started running. She was just like walking on her feet. (laughs) It was fantastic. 
but no, overall, like I really enjoyed this film. Like I, I will be watching it again. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, I watched it twice for this. And like I said, this is one of those movies. I was convinced I had seen the whole thing because I had seen so many clips of it. And I'm like, I definitely didn't because there was whole swaths that I, I don't remember at all. Um, like I'm sure that death of Isley would have stuck with me if I saw that as a kid, because it freaked me out as an adult. And I'm like, okay, that would have creeped me out a lot as a kid, but no, it, this, I'm glad you picked this, Mike. I, I really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah me too. But uh, there's, I, I didn't write down a ton of the trivia. Um, but the uh, the Katahdin, the the man bear pig, uh, is portrayed by seven foot uh, seven foot two actor stuntman Kevin Peter Hall, who went on to uh, play the uh, the predator. Damn man, he gets around. Yep, he was he was also Harry and Harry and the Hendersons. A man I never got to meet him. Can you imagine yeah. like the rounds he would have made at conventions, just like meet Katahdin, Predator, Harry, Chewbacca, etc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He was also the uh, let's see what is this the the giant egg headed alien in Without Warning. I'm not I don't know that I'm familiar with that movie. You've never yeah. seen Without Warning? I gotta look that. Up. I'm gonna. Oh my god! I Mike. know this is uh this is wonderful podcasting. All right, let me. I'll I'll save you the trouble. Without Warning <laughs> is the movie Predator ripped off for its plot from huh. the early '80s, and it stars um the redheaded guy from. Uh, CSI Miami, among other actors. But it's got uh, Jack Palance. Yeah, I'm looking at Schwarzenegger. David Caruso. It's really good. Like, really, really good. I'm looking at it. I I have never seen this. Okay. I guess I I have something I got to watch. It's about an alien that comes to Earth to hunt humans, just like Predator. Oh, man. But it doesn't look like Predator, and it's got different gear. Wait a sec. This has the weird little, uh, the sucker monster with the tentacles. Yes. Okay, I've seen, I have seen clips of this. I have never actually seen this movie. Um, and instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jack Palance is like a paranoid war vet that has to go up against it. But he he's just like Jack Palance. He's fucking badass. And it's a great movie. It's like it's really hard to frame. It's not as good as Predator, but I love it. It's, I'm gonna it, I'm gonna put this on my list. I, it's I just watch a straight it. up. There's no like subtext or anything. It's just old guy with a big knife fighting an alien. There's a lot of like the first half is kind of a slasher film because it's like something's picking off these teenagers that are camping. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of like turns into Jack Palance. He's got something to prove, kind of. And the alien, like you don't see a lot of it, but when you do, it's really cool. Man, I'm I'm kind of excited now because I'm like, ooh, this is I've this looks fun, and I've never yeah, seen it. It was one of those like it would randomly play on like the Saturday Night Monster movie, mm-hmm. and it never played a lot. So a lot of people saw it once and were like, "What was that movie with the flying pancakes that <laughs> ate people?" Like that. It's it's hard to describe what they look like. Well, um, yeah, because I, I, when I was watching the little trailer just now, and when I saw the little thing stick to the window, the little sucker monster, I'm like, I've seen clips of that. They're, they're kind of like that huh. movie, The Puppet Master, with Donald um, Sutherland. That's oh, not, yeah. and like they attach to the back of your neck, and they're like these jellyfish uh, yeah. nipple things. Yeah, they're uh, like Star- that's, Starro. 
Yeah, that's basically like the main weapon of this alien is he incapacitates you with these like flying sucker monsters. Um, I I don't have the time to like go through the whole plot, but it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, gonna, I'm definitely going to look this up. It got a release from like Anchor Bay in the early 2000s, and that's back when like media plan Best Buy would have like the big Tuesday releases of all the new movies. Oh, I miss And that. like I would get like a movie a week. Yeah, same. So when this came out, I was like, oh, dude. That's without warning. Sam and I used to do this all the time. Like she'd come over on a Tuesday, we'd go to media play. I'd buy some random new horror movies and then we'd go back to my place and watch them. That's how we we used to, that's how we saw dead and breakfast. Yeah. Well, it was so good without warning. I'll check tubulator. (laughs) It's yeah, no, I'm going to, I don't see it much. Uh, on flex. It says, Hmm. And then maybe prime is another place that said to watch it. It's worth a watch. Uh, Travis would like it too. Yeah. Because it, it's it got enough that. action elements in it where you're not just like this is a dumb horror movie. Because any at any point when you get bored, Jack Palance shows up and starts kicking ass. And it's really cool. <laughs> Looking for Curly's gold. Yeah, that's I am definitely gonna watch this. Um but yeah, there there's also uh, apparently this was originally supposed to be an R-rated movie, and uh the studio demanded that they cut it down to a PG rating. So apparently Frankenheimer was pissed because he said there was a lot of, a lot of the scary stuff was cut out of the film, which that sucks. Cause I mean, there, there was some good stuff there. I yeah. think it's great that it's a PG. Cause like, I, you know, I, I'd love to say like, you could show this to kids. You maybe could. I think most kids would be bored. Like yeah, I, I feel like I if I were watching it all, yeah, I feel like if I was watching this as a kid, I would be like half-heartedly paying attention. Really? Um, which is probably oh why I don't remember all of it. Because, like I said, I do have memories of watching certain scenes with my dad. So I'm like, I must have seen parts of this on TV. This when I was, was a kid. one of the movies as a kid where, if like I get up to, I always did this. I get up to go to the bathroom and I would turn the TV on because mm-hmm. I had problems, and I'd be like, "What movie's on?" And if it was this or like Halloween three. I'd stay up and watch it. Um, <laughs> but it has everything I used to read. Like, this was my play pattern as a kid. Monster. Cannon fodder. Monster kills everybody. And the last guy kills the monster. Lather, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just loved this movie. Because yeah. there's just enough exposition. And then it's just monster ripping everything to pieces. Oh, and I mean, all and, I need. And that definitely played right into, to like, I think most 80s horror nerd play patterns because i had the the fisher price adventure people like camping sets yeah and i used to always do like monsters in the woods oh yeah you know, it, would, it would always be like i mean a lot of times it was something like you know here's grizzlor from he-man killing a bunch of gi joes <laughs> but yeah. you know i did that a lot too like they would have have the, the the people camping out in the tent or whatever and then the monster would attack um so yeah, i don't have it I, there was that. no real close to a katahdin no honestly but yeah uh, but Grizzlor for me stood in as a as a monster constantly. Oh yeah. Um. But apparently this is a one of those movies that Stephen King is particularly fond of, and they always, you know, anytime King or Barker endorses a movie, like the movie holds on to that, like ah, they endorsed it. So one of those things that they felt the need to put in the trivia. Oh, um, yeah. It's on Prime. Yeah. Which most people have Prime now. Uh, mm-hmm. it's worth checking out, and if not, it's like a $2 rental. Watch it. 
you yeah, no, have I, a blast. I dug the hell out of it. Uh, no nudity, very little swearing. Mm-hmm. So in that theory, safe for kids. I mean, there there is there is definitely um, some boobs on display in the wet white T-shirt at the end of the movie. But uh, well, yeah. that doesn't count. There's a T-shirt over it. I, I'm not complaining. I'm just um, saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there's a nice educational scene if you wanted to know how wood was made. Yes. That at did the lumberyard. It's, uh, it's very. Was... It's like, like uh, you know, like your teacher doesn't want to teach. They put the TV on and put a tape in. And it's like wood and you. It, it, remind, just... it reminded me of the Mr. Rogers scenes where they would they would go to like, you know, here's how the ma- uh, here's how the post office works. And they would show you like, you know, the, the post office and a day to day, you know, activities. It felt like that. Like, here's how they make paper. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was very that, cool. That's what Zoe I watched likes to it see on too. Paramount. Oh, yeah, it's on Paramount, too. It's oh, a Paramount movie. Yep. yep. Um, the uh, <laughs> I like this. Film critic uh, Leonard Malton described the mutant monster Katahdin as a giant salami. I'm like, what yeah. kind of salami are you eating? <laughs> Some head cheese there, buddy. I was like, ah, it, it has hair and burnt bits just like my salami. Wait, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Leonard Malton says, see my dick in a movie. The <laughs> I think it mainly looks like a bear that was like trapped in a fire. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah, like, like a burned victim know, bear. Or like, yeah. A bear that, like, a kid put in a microwave mm-hmm. to see what would happen. I, and you can't tell me that Matt and Trey didn't see this movie at some point and be like, that's what Man Bear Pig is. Oh, that's Man Bear Pig from South Park is a thousand percent the prophecy bear. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. There, there's no doubt in my mind that's what they're going yeah. for. Yeah. It Definitely. absolutely because especially when when we see him in uh, the Imagination Land episodes, like when it when he he comes out of the Stargate and starts killing all the soldiers, <laughs> it's like perfect to the Katahdin. So it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. they watched this movie. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's there's a ton more trivia, but that, that's it's it's all just like when this movie came out and stuff like that. Um, I I can't express enough if you if you like the movies we cover you gotta watch this movie <laughs> like it's it's so much fun and uh yeah i i'm kind of kind of sad that we'll never see a remake or a sequel or something with more katahdin because oh, i would like to see more katahdin. i wouldn't you know what they remake everything yeah they would try they may have actually already remade it and just named it something else the way uh, house of wax is really the remake of tourist trap oh yeah so like Hannah Montana girl adventure could be like a remake of prophecy, but we never watch it. Yeah. Sister of the traveling <laughs> pants. Part <Could> two be. <laughs> is the <laughs> prophecy. Sister of the traveling man, bear pig. Uh, it just to warn everybody, no Christopher Walken in this movie. No, nope. <laughs> not at all. But uh, does anyone have any, any final thoughts on the movie before we get into our social media and plugs? No, no, it's a perfect movie. Yeah, I mean, it, watch it. Um, I would say like, you know, the prophecy and then like Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> I can't disagree with that. Um, but for anyone uh, not following us on social media, check out the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I know we used to have X or Twitter or whatever they're calling it these days. 
Um, but we did get off of that platform. We weren't getting a lot of interaction. So we're just like, ah, screw it. Um, we do have a Patreon, which is how this episode came to be. It's $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes. The higher tiers get you stuff in the mail and special episodes like this. Uh, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon Network. So check out radpantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials for podcasts like this and artists and musicians and creators just making rad stuff. Um, I'm going to toss it over to the both of you so we can give some plugs. So, Mike, why don't you kick it off? And give sure. any plugs you want to give. Uh, Count Creepyhead Saturday morning, Monster Mesh. When you hear this, there will be an episode that Sam participated in uh, where we gave away a $25 gift card to Jerry's Closet, which is Sam's awesome online web store. So uh, it's all the synergy. You need to listen to everything and get awesome giveaways. Um, but you know what the show's about. I'm not going to go through all that. You've heard other episodes. Uh, it's the, the third best podcast on the Red Pantheon Network. So, um, <laughs> Sam, take it away. Uh, search all the social medias for Western New York Horror Crew, and you can find links to Jerry's Closet, our online store, and Deep in Jerry's Closet, our other online store. That's the one where you might find Man Bear Pig. <laughs> That's right. There's <laughs> tunnels underneath Jerry's Closet for storing They're actually food. photos of Man Bear Pig. Well, if you want to know what Leonard Malton's salami looks like, you need to go deep in Jared's closet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but, Mike, happy birthday. I am, I'm happy very birthday. glad you chose this. And, uh, Sam, thank you for joining us. It's, it is always a lot of fun when the three of us do one of these wacky movies. Like, yeah, I, I got to say, The Pit was one of my favorite recent episodes and uh, I really enjoyed watching this with you guys. So I, I, I can't wait to do our next one. Yeah. Uh, moral of this story. When I say the movie's good, you better listen. Damn it. Because <laughs> because it's, it's the prophecy. If it's not conventionally good, it's fucking hilarious. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I went on record as saying I did not like the pit. I did, however, enjoy the fucking laughter I got out of the. Pit. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> But all right, guys, so we're going to start wrapping this one up. But uh, the next movie, if you guys want to watch it before we we cover it, is going to be episode 202, Christmas Bloody Christmas, which is a fantastic Shutter original. So yes, definitely check that out. Tis the season. But alrighty, guys, we're going to close it up here. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. Bye. Get taught it. You want to wash my back? <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at the Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Hey.